God states very clearly that faith without works is dead. You have people inside the Senate. You have people that are supposed to be on your side. Make the decision to live and die on your turn. You are not wrong. They have lied to us about everything. The border, the elections. I remember America and the American gun owner are the only things standing in the way of the Great Reset. Who's got the teaching aid? We are fighting a war against principalities. We are fighting a war against evil. I pray that we get to look into the eyes of every single child in this country proudly, that those children can look back and be proud of us, knowing that yes. we fought for them. Men, I don't talk with empty words. Those teaching aids, those are called balls. Gentlemen, I've given you back your balls. You only got one? Improvise. God's given us a chance to make it right. He's created a remnant for a reason. You are the remnant. I want you to know we're winning. God is with us. And in the end, we know how this ends. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Conservative Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Oltman. It feels good to be back. A um, lot of stuff to go over today. Uh, you know, I have to tell you a couple of things. One, I'm going to choke myself. Uh, one of which is, is that um, the greatest lie ever told. So I got a phone call about an hour and a half ago, two hours ago, from uh, Stuart Rhodes, right? And for those of you that don't know, he's the uh, Oath Keepers uh, CEO that was arrested for sedition. And they made up a story about the fact that he was there to incite some sort of insurrection. Just a couple of people. Against an entire government, he was going to go up against the entire government. It, he was going to start a war. Well, th that's actually not true. But he did call me. He's sitting in the same uh, prison as Jake Lang. And so we talked a little bit. And uh, he's going to come on the show uh, later on this week, and we'll have we'll have that to play. I'm going to have to record it and play it as if it's live because we won't be able to go live uh, just based on the timing. So we'll be doing that later at night. They're only allowed out of their cell two hours a day. Um, one of the biggest issues is is can he get a fair trial in Washington D.C.? Well, as we saw from what happened with the uh, um, Durham trial, the answer is no. You can't. Because you can't stop the craziness. You can't stop the massive amount of, of, I don't even know what you call that. What would you call that, Mr. Producer, when, when everyone has that same euphoric hysteria and they can just make up whatever they want? The greatest, I mean, it's, like, it's insanity. Yeah. And I think most people that, that understand what's happening right now uh, would agree that this dog and pony show that they did, they put on with the January 6th, shows you how just out of touch people in Congress are. Because they are selected, they're not elected. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know, I don't know how anyone can wake up and feel good about themselves thinking that somewhere along the line that January 6th was not a massive setup. I mean, do, do you know? I mean, it, it was a setup. And this is all designed, by the way, to instill fear in those that would stand up for American values. But as I talked to Stewart, one of the things he said is, Joe, the, the greatest lie they ever told was that it was that there was it was constitutional how the election went in 2020, setting aside all of the fraud, the machines and how they stole elections, all the massive amounts of evidence that now is coming together is coalescing. See, over time, that that information starts to settle and it starts to fill in the pieces. But beyond all of that, 
They violated state statute. They violated state law in many states. Pennsylvania, we do know that the Pennsylvania Supreme Court heard that case and said, yes, they absolutely did violate state law, but there's no remedy. There's no remedy. That's what they said. There's, there's no remedy. And so as we start going down this pathway, it's going to become very difficult for them to be able to control the narrative. And we know what the mainstream media is doing. We know what the tech companies are doing. They're trying to create this dark out. And, the, and then they're just ballooning up this January 6th circus. That, that it's, it, 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 it is embarrassing what is going on. So we have a guest today that we're going to walk through the narrative that happened on January 6th and the, the Pence card. Because now Mike Pence is now talking about running for president. Like anybody wants Mike Pence to run for anything. I think he's a traitor. I think he, I think he is just what the, the left is. I think that much of our leadership across the country that has been selected in certain areas is now this mirage. And we're waking up to the, the stark reality that we don't live in a free nation. And that we have one last stop before we lose everything. But with that said, I want to welcome Ivan Raiklin to the deal. Ivan, how are you? Hey, what's going on, Joe? Uh, good. Well, thank you for having me once again. Absolutely. Uh, hopefully we can get this out to as many haters as possible to kind of change their psyche on, you know, get that uh, psychosis out of their minds uh, as it relates to this particular subject. So what? if I can, I mean, I know you want to go in a certain direction, but uh, you know me, I'm long-winded and I like to contextualize things. And I would like an opportunity to really frame the legal nature of the Pence card kind of historically in our constitutional system, if you allow, if you allow me. Yeah, hit it. All right, so, I, I mean, this is kind of like Constitution 101. The states, this is how I'll start off with. In 1787, on September 17th, when the ninth state, New Hampshire, out of 13, i.e. more than three quarters, ratified the Constitution, that meant the state created a federal national government and the rule book, as we know today as the U.S. Constitution. Right. Okay? Now, in that, we only had the base seven articles. Well, Article 2, Section 1, Clause 2, specifically outlined that that state legislature was the one that was to allocate its presidential electors. And that was the way for the first several elections. It wasn't until... Oh, I don't know, 1828, that all the states created election laws that essentially delegated to the popular vote to help determine what the presidential electoral allocation would be. Now, throughout history, uh, at the end of the day, the election laws were created by the legislature, but at any point in time, they could reclaim and re. Uh, I guess, reclaim that authority that they delegated to the popular vote. Okay? Now, we had, a, we had some precedent, we talked about it, uh, where some elections were done in a manner that was uh, caused some issues, consternation. You, look, you can look at the book, but historically there were several occasions where Florida in 1868, Colorado in 1876, Hawaii in 1960, and then Florida once again in the year 2000, where Essentially, there were remedies applied to an improper, fraudulent, or illegal initial certification of those electors. 
All we were asking for, so last week, what I call the vice, or excuse me, Mike Pence 2024 Presidential Campaign Committee. Today they just did their fourth hearing. Remember, if you look at this entire hearing from the lens of Mike Pence is running for president, Liz Cheney is his vice presidential pick, you're going to totally understand why this is playing out the way it's playing out. Because guess what? He has to shore up his reputation. And what is his reputation? Well, Steve Bannon likes to frame it this way, and I think a lot of people would agree with it. He's a stone... Mike Pence, again, according to Steve Bannon, is a stone-cold coward. Other people say... He's, he's a psychopath. Toxic, I mean, he's a psychopath. Toxic, yeah. feckless coward, right? Those are some words that are being thrown around. You used another term. What was that? Psychopath. I would call, no, no, I would call Mike that, Pence a psychopath. Letter T. He's a traitor. Yeah, and I think millions agree with your statement on that. Again, so... For him to have any snowball's chance in hell of securing the nomination, what does he have to do? Let's look at it from his perspective. What does he have to do in order to get any remote possibility of making that happen? First and foremost, he has to do what? He has to get he has to get President Trump out of the way. He has to get President Trump out of the way. And this is okay? all a big fight. This is this is this is a fight right now to try and charge and he can't President fundraise, Trump. Right? I mean, who is going to fundraise his campaign on the right? I, I think the Soros would do it. Right? Well, how, <laughs> well, how do you mitigate no, he wouldn't. the gap in yeah. fundraising requirements to be able to secure the nomination? You create a hearing that's taxpayer-funded, what I call the illegal, unconstitutional Mike Pence presidential run campaign committee. with, And who's spearheading it? His vice presidential pick, Liz Cheney. That's what's going on. Because... As they're playing this out and how, as their mannerisms, and today if you saw uh, Schiff and the other folks on the other side of the uniparty, it's almost as though they had an agreement that, hey, you coupled with the witnesses that we have today, as long as you go ahead and certify this illegal fraudulent election, excuse me, with the papers, then we're going to go ahead and pay you back in some manner. And that paying you back in some manner looks like, uh, in my humble opinion, we are going to support you in being the protector of the Uniparty in 2024. As long as you help us remove Trump, MAGA, America First, etc. Right? So you got to look at it from that frame. Now, I got an honorable mention from uh, Mike Pence last week during his presidential campaign committee hearing on Thursday. And why is that? Because, oh, Mr. Mike Pence was... He was the victim of what he calls a pressure campaign. Now, he, was, he wasn't the one that said that. He has surrogates to do it for him. Again, his surrogate being his vice presidential pick, Liz Cheney. Uh, and then as part of that committee, uh, what's that gentleman's name uh, that spoke? Gonzalez or something. I don't, I don't know who he is. He's a congressman. So anyway, he mentioned a tweet that was retweeted by Trump, President Trump by a guy by the name of Ivan Pence Card Raikland. Well, guess what? <laughs> that happens to be somebody that may be on your show right now. Anyway, I tweeted a memorandum that was retweeted by President Trump, and they're trying to frame it in some capacity 
that now I am the worst person in the history of humanity. Similar to the argument that they made of 2020 was the most safe and secure election in the history of humanity, right? Never before has the human race seen such a pristine election being conducted. Similar to the arguments that they made that, oh, safe and secure clot shots. Follow the science spelled with a dollar sign where you have a S, spelled with the cent sign when you have a C, and spelled with the euro sign when you have the letter E. You get my point, right? Right. So that's kind of like the framework that we're in. So he has to recoup his blown reputation. And from his perspective, you can't recoup and it. I guess rightfully so. I mean, you can't recoup it. You can't recoup he thinks none of it. that I'm one of the culprits of destroying his reputation. What's that, Joe? I don't think there's anything. There's no coming back from this. A vast majority of our country, you know, I don't know if you heard this, but Biden said that all the inflation and things that are happening to people, the food shortages, the the open borders, everything else, is helping them get their radical leftist agenda passed. And, and everyone went crazy. And the media just came down on them, not because the media disagreed with what they were saying, what was being said, but because it was saying the quiet part out loud and he wasn't supposed yeah, to say exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. And so now they're like, oh, we have to backtrack because people are going to wake up to this idea that we did this to American families on purpose. The average no, IRA, like, oh, wow. right? You, you just confirmed the conspiracy theorists that we've been calling conspiracy theorists for years. We can't the, have that. The, the average, the average 401k right now is down 38%. It's down 38%. They're literally killing people, and they want to have this January 6th kangaroo court, and that's what I'll call it, a kangaroo court, while American families are suffering. Now, look, I, for the last 20 years, I've been in the middle of helping the most vulnerable among us. I, I've done that. Like, I've, I've, I've walked that walk. These people, tell, tell me what they're doing to help us, Ivan, with this January 6th circus, which is all a lie. Not one thing that they came up with was the truth. They framed everything in a lie. Here's everything. Here's what they're doing to help America. They are trying to cover up for their complicit activity in facilitating the unlawful entry into the Capitol on the 6th. And we can go into the details of what I think happened on the 5th and where our gaps are in order to fill those. They need to have that not only to recover the reputation of their darling for 2024, but also cover for their involvement of of the coup. I mean, at the end of the day, and the witnesses today were the ones that were complicit in it uh, in Georgia. I mean, primarily in Georgia. And then you had your Speaker of the House in in Arizona. I think you and I, we we called this way back that anybody involved in the pressure campaign to stop the legislators from exercising their Article 2, Section 1, Clause 2 authorities were probably Pence lackeys, as I called them. I mean, this is years ago. In the early stages, I immediately, I think I may have been one of the first guys to call it out. All these guys are Pence lackeys. And it becomes evident as the, you know what? The hearings are great because they're making mistakes and exposing evidence to support my hypotheses of this. And I'll give you two examples of that. One, last week, Paul Ryan called Mike Pence to say, you don't have the authority to defend the Constitution. What you do have the authority for is to be a feckless, toxic coward according to some, or Stone Cold Coward, according to Steve Bannon, right? That's what, what Paul Ryan did in that phone call. And they, they played it even. It was great. Thank you. Thank you for teeing that softball up so that we can now use that as part of the uh, exposure campaign further of what the coup was. 
second of all, we have, remember when uh, good old Michael R. Pence went down to Georgia to yeah. endorse Brian Kemp? Well, he endorsed Brian Kemp because they have to protect that unlawful election from being further exposed. And you, you hit the nail on the head. From the very get-go, my role has been to focus on a simple thing. If you can agree with me that the election in 2020 in these states was conducted not according to the election laws of the state, you don't have to show fraud. You don't have to show manipulation of machines, of ballots, of splunk logs, routers, nothing. All you have to do is show that procedurally it was not done according to the election law. That immediately triggers that Article 2, Section 1, Clause 2 violation. And that was the essence of my tweeting a memo that encapsulated that. It essentially stated, Mike Pence, according to the Electoral Count Act, if by the fourth Wednesday of December you do not receive electoral slates from states, you are to send a demand letter to the secretaries of state of those respective states that did not transmit constitutionally sound electors, and you are to tell them that they need to do so. And maybe you can even throw in a couple of options on what they can do. Namely, three. One, they abstain and investigate. Until they figure out what to do, they aren't going to hold their electors back. Number two, they hold a brand new election according to the election laws and then certify it subsequently to that that are done legally and yeah. then send it ideally before January 6th. But that's not a requirement. And then number three, and I can go into explaining why that's not a requirement. And then number three, it's uh, they can go ahead and hold a roll call vote in the legislative body. Now, good old Rusty Bowers and, and Speaker Voss in Wisconsin and Brian Cutler in Pennsylvania and all these other guys. Guess what? If you really want to push Trump out and still be constitutional, if you really want to have, uh, uh, you know, the Chinese ambassador of the United States sitting and squatting in the White House, well, you can do that constitutionally, in my opinion, and that would be to basically hold a joint session of your legislature to go ahead and reaffirm the elite and originally illegally certified electors. Because at the end of the day, once that legislative body holds that vote, that's it. They are the final arbiter's plenary power. Now, I may not agree with it, but at that point in time, it becomes constitutionally viable, legitimate, legal, and it closes the entire argument on what else can be done for 2020. Absent that, guess what? New legislatures, governors, attorneys general, secretaries of state, they're going to be elected this year that take office in January 2023. Hey, haters, they're going to have the discretionary authority under their 10th Amendment, Article 2 powers, to go ahead and, hey, hold a roll call vote. And if that roll call vote either decertifies or reallocates their electors from their state from the 2020 election, they can do that. And if you disagree with me, let's have a debate. I would love to have a personal debate discussion with Michael Pence himself to explain that authority. And guess what? That's going to happen with Pennsylvania, since we have Doug Mastriano as the nominee. And then we're going to have a legislature, hopefully, that's going to be a little bit more favorable. Okay. We're going to do this. Hold we're on. going to see the same stop, thing stop. in Arizona. 
Stop Wisconsin and Stop. Michigan. Stop for a minute. Bring it. Stop. All right, so so I agree with you. These are all good candidates and people that are America first, right, that, that counteracts what we're actually seeing happen in our country. And I think that the wave that we have across the country is, is so great right now because of the suffering in this country. I mean, $5 gas, $5.50, $7 Everything gas. stems from an illegal election. Illegal Everything. elections that, have illegal consequences. And, and, that's what, and, and those are the things that I talk about. I, I need to do a quick read for one of our sponsors. Um, this podcast brought to you by IPVanish. If you're tired of feeling like somebody's always watching on the internet, maybe advertisers know a little too much about you. We've talked a lot about IPVanish. They've been a, a partner of the show for quite some time now. But IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet without exposing your private details to third parties, such as hackers, your ISP, or advertisers. You can use IPVanish on your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you stream media. Um, you can use IPVanish on a limited device at the same time without sacrificing on speed, your computers, tablets, phones. Um, it's, and, and for our listeners, they're, they're offering an incredible 70% off your yearly plan to our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. It's like getting nine months for free. It's super easy to use. All you do is tap one button. You're instantly protected. I will tell you that there are some apps that you have to turn off if you're using like ring apps or things like that you have to turn it off in order to actually access it because it has to have a localized ip address but um that's just something you just learn when you get it but you, you get to keep them from getting access to most of your information uh, those apps just need it to make it necessary to validate who you are uh, so go to ipvanish.com daily use promo code daily you do have to use the slash daily so ipvanish.com daily use promo code daily and claim your 70 percent savings okay so so, so I have to tell you, Ivan, it, we, the things that we're dealing with right now are directly symptom problems. So the problem is, and I don't know if you've actually followed me on this, but I've been talking about the plan. So we have a plan. I know that you know, we have a meeting set for next Friday, and, uh, or this Friday, uh, hoping to have you in that meeting. But have you read the Doctrine of the Lesser First, Magistrates? I'm hearing about this. No, so I had a... I'm familiar with that because one of your uh, acolytes, if you will, uh, I'm not saying that pejoratively, I'm just saying that respectfully, uh, somebody that kind of follows along with your, your logic, train of thought, and your stuff, mentioned in a live stream that I did on Telegram a couple days ago that you have this plan uh, uh, and exactly what you just mentioned. And I think, I mean, David Clements is basically, I, I, I gave him prop. What we saw in New Mexico is exactly what we need to do and apply to another 3,142 counties and county equivalents. Yeah, but, but, Which but is let's... The but removal of these machines, let's go paper one day, right, in person. Is that what you're referring to? Yeah, yeah. so what what I'm saying is that we know what the problem is. The problem is stolen, stolen elections, right? We, we know that that's the issue. I don't know what happened to your deal, but it's, it's gotten a little bit... Your... Uh, your connection's gotten a little weird. Must be the wind down there in the D.C. area. Okay. <laughs> so, so when we talk about the, the doctrine of the, of the lesser magistrates, I want to I, yes, I br- bring this up because I think it's important. So I read this book. It's by Matthew Truella, and I had a conversation with him for about an hour, and I said, this is what I want to do. And my next conversation uh, was with a, a man named uh, Amon Bundy. Do you know who he is? Hammond Bundy? No. So he's I live the one, a pretty sheltered life. Who is so, that? 
so he's the one that usually has used the, the, the principles of the doctrine of the lesser magistrates and standing as in, in a place of interposition, stand between the tyrants and the people who do harm and the people that they intend to make their victims. In this case, we have the tyrannical government over here, the people that have taken over and basically lied, cheated, and stolen elections, and the symptoms that have been created are creating the adverse effect on the people of our country. Right. So there's a moral depravity and a, a decay in our society that is, is undeniable right now. And I think that has a lot That's to do with it. I mean, right now it's absolute lawlessness, yeah. right? Complete, with abject, absolute lawlessness. The entire certification of the election. A lot of people don't, didn't even talk about and I hate to say this. I, I want to jump in and say this. On January 6th, remember, only 11 House members and 11 senators were allowed by Nancy Pelosi and then... I'm the presiding officer, and I'm going to agree with the Speaker of the House that only 11 House members and 11 U.S. Senators, because of the CCP-19 pandemic, allow that. Well, guess what? When you only have 11 members of the House out of 435 and 11 of the Senate out of 100 that are sitting there, being able to participate in the joint session, last I checked, that's nowhere near a quorum. No. No, it's not a quorum, but they don't illegal need a quorum. They need a certification on January sixth and seventh. The illegal conduct of it—it it wasn't even done with. Like, you have to have essentially everybody in there, but a quorum, even under the Twelfth Amendment rule, means a majority of state by delegation. You right, don't so, get that with eleven House members. So, so, so let's. So they're, they're, all they're doing is covering up for the entire lawless activity. And yeah. the political violence they conducted. Yeah, so I, I get all that. I got I, I to get that, but we, we have to get Ashley to. Babbitt and Roseanne Boylan. We, we got to get to working the problem, right? So we've always talked for the last all year right, and a half right, about right, working yeah, the problem. Yeah. So let's work the problem. And the problem is we have stolen elections. We have problem is we've been selected, not elected. You know, Laura Logan is doing an amazing job on this new documentary. There's another documentary um, that uh, Andrew did. Uh, uh, he he lives in Tennessee. I don't know if you know Andrew, Andrew McGarry. Yeah, I'm done. We're yeah. done with our documentary. We're just wanting to figure out who's going to uh, distribute it with us. By right. the way, I'll push it out. Called I'll, I'll do an entire films.com. Where is it? How come I didn't know about it? Why is it that you have my personal cell phone number and you didn't pick it up and use it? You didn't tell me. You didn't tell I just, me. I just announced it. All right. WeThePatriotsFilms.com. So, so, so let, let me just go through working the problem with you. We know the problem is mail-in ballots. We know that the mail-in ballots are a massive issue across the country, right? Mail-in ballots are where they can actually manufacture stacks of ballots that are fraudulent. And they, we know we have a bloated voting system, and that voting, bloated, voted, bloating system, b- voted, bloated voting system then comes down right after the election, and those names are they got rid of. We do know that most of the information they're able to uh, extrapolate is happening overseas in the Balkans, Right? We know that information is being created, they're stealing IDs and then using those IDs all over the country and using variables of those people in different areas in order to create these, these voter logs. Right, But the two problems are we have machines, can't make the count, and we have mail-in ballots. So we have to get rid of those two things. We don't have time to walk to 3,000 uh, 3, uh, county commissioners and say, hey, get rid of the voting machines. And we don't have time to respectively look at the magistrates and the judges because we know that 7,400 people are elected across the country, right? They have 7,400 elected officials. You know, you have the bureaucrats. You have 38,000 or so judges and magistrates around the country. We know that a vast majority of those positions, a large enough majority, are so corrupted to the core and so bent on this 
radical leftist agenda that we can't rely on the judiciary because it's so compromised. You could say lawlessness. I would say that there, you're right. There is no law. So at that point, the magistrates have a very limited effect. I mean, you, can, you, you have those selective wins, but we, we don't have the time for selective wins. We don't have the time. So the people have to become the people of interposition. The people have to stand in the middle and say, listen, we're done with the mainstream media. And I believe that the courage gets created. This is a very bold move, right? This is a, this is a bold plan. And that is, frankly, we're going we're gonna to gonna send out 10 groups to 100 cities over 100 days. You're going to go into those cities, you're going to have a conversation with them, and we're going to start building this, you know, the, the, call it the remnant of Americans that say, hey, look, we're done. We're done with critical race theory. We're done with gender fluidity. We're done with Juneteenth. We're done with all, all these things that you guys have created. We're done with it. We're done with you taking down our statues and trying to subvert our history. We're done with all of it. That takes a lot of people. And so by going to these different cities and saying, look, we are the lesser magistrates. The lesser magistrates, they're going to have to understand that the voice of the people has to be heard and that we're going to go in there and we're going to remove it. And we're going we're gonna to remove the mail-in ballots, and we're going to force people to actually, here's, he, here's the solution. Number one, voting day is the most sacred day in America. It keeps the, the mores of our society alive. It, it is, it is the, the number one thing that gives you a voice, and it should be secured. You should be able to secure it from end to end with full transparency. So we're going to make that a federal holiday. And number two, you say that, well, people can't travel. There's, there's no way they can travel. They need, to, they need, they need mail-in ballots because some people you know, don't have a car. Great. We're going to shrink the precincts and put them in every area. We'll shrink them down to 200, 300. We'll still have a Republican, a Democrat, and an Independent. And those people can walk in there, and literally we will hold elections in smaller areas, and we will put those on the website. And that Republican, Democrat, and that Independent will to certify that these are the election results all the way down ticket in our areas. And then they'll be, able to, we'll be able to verify. They'll be able to see it up there, and all the numbers will coalesce down to an answer of who was elected to what position across the country, who, what the voice is of the American people. Very easy. Paper ballots. You show up in person. There's another problem. People don't need IDs because they can't afford an ID. Because some people in the poor neighborhoods, which, by the way, I find it laughable that less you could fill a stadium in this country, one stadium, 70,000 people, is the total number of people that don't have an ID in the nation. One stadium, but they want to make no, it so nobody. Because, you know the deal. It's like it's so that feeding can be easier with these but, rules. I mean, it's just. But we can going, stop all going. that. We we can stop all Unless, that, and we and we say we 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 basically say we've had enough, right? We're not we're not doing the machines. We're not we're not doing it, and we 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 create a quorum yeah, of but, people. I mean, here here's what we're up against. I mean, Brian Kemp has to make us two hundred eight million dollars or whatever it was when he was Secretary of State. Right, uh, with the machine to have a contract for it, and then you have to have good old Brad Raffensperger, who was up there today, another one of them. Oh, by the way, we didn't give a shout out to uh, Eric Wright. It looks like uh, Brad Raffensperger, Mike Pence, and and Rusty Bowers felt offended by uh, Eric Wright's video yesterday. So we're up in, uh, up against these people. That, you know, and they Facebook have these took it down. Power and Facebook took it down. Of levers of power, but. Yet they have this Steve Bannon moniker of stone cold coward. How do we fix it? But I don't think it's cowardice. I think it. I, I think it's compulsion. I think they're they're coming together and they're coalescing, and the left and right are two wings of the same bird that are touching. They are converging into the same environment. That's why they're talking about Second Amendment rights and stealing from the American people. 
That's why they say that this is this bipartisan support for this bill. Look, if we, if we want to talk about solving the problem, we have to solve the problem, Ivan. We've got to talk directly to the problem. Let's talk to the problem. The problem, the problem is, is since 1856, 99.9% .9 of political power in America rests with the two sides of the same bird, the right side and the left side. And guess yeah. what? That needs to be disrupted further because guess what we got them on the rope but but i think that we do have them on the ropes but that's why you have to have a plan where the people activate see everywhere that i go across the country everyone asks me the same question i'm headed to a, a place on i'm headed to, headed to illinois aren't i on monday i'm headed to illinois moline. on sunday moline uh, illinois on monday i'm headed somewhere else on tuesday i got i got to be in mesa on friday I mean, I, I, my schedule for the next 200 days is just to travel and talk to people about how to activate because people are tired of waiting. They're tired of going to rallies and saying, hey, listen, President Trump, you got to save us. President Trump is up there saying, look, you got to save yourself. He's, he's trying to say the quiet part out loud, and he's trying to say, listen, guys, if you're expecting me to save you, I can give you, I can, I can tell you who I would support. People are like, oh, I can't believe that he endorsed this particular candidate. I can't believe he endorsed this particular candidate. They get so caught up in, in that element that they forget about the fact that they are the answer. They are the reason why we're here, and they are the answer. They are, the, they are literally right. the answer to the virus. Exactly. People on the ground know better, like have more context on a particular candidate likely than, say, President Trump does. And if you see a divergence, well, you need to make a decision on your, you know, let the demand signal be known. We, we saw in Pennsylvania that you probably picked the wrong person, right? And some other places. But anyway, we, we divert. Yeah, so. He's gotten it mostly right. <laughs> On the House side, he's got mostly right. On the Senate side, he's got Lindsey Graham telling them what to, who to appoint, which obviously he, Lindsey Graham's the Mitch McConnell envoy slash Mike Pence envoy. But these guys uh, never got elected. Uh, they never got elected. This is this is proof positive they've stolen primaries and stolen elections. I, and look no yeah, further, by oh, the way. I, that's why we got to get our Yang Gang and, and Tulsi crowd on our side, as well as the Bernie crowd. On this particular matter, because they were, they were recipients or victims of the steal as well in their primary. Yeah. So, so listen, it, we are going to go city to city. I'm hoping you're going to join us, but we're going to go city to city. We're literally going to go city to city. We're, we're hey, get... I'm available because I just got canceled off of uh, every. You got canceled. What I happened? I got freedom. Of, I have freedom of movement now. You got canceled from what? I'll let you know on September 1st, the entire story. Oh, you can't talk about it until September 1st? Correct. You get canceled from your job? I'm going to tell you the details on September 1st. you got to be, be kidding glorious. me. You know, I have to tell you. Mike it, Pence. All roads lead to Mike Pence, in my opinion. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, they may lead to Mark, Mike Pence, but they, they have, they have created a convergence. And that convergence is, how can they take everything from us? I mean, look, I, I've never seen so much turmoil in the poorest communities out there as I've seen today. I've never seen it. I mean, I, I, was, I, I had my 20-year anniversary, Ivan, and so I uh, disappeared for a few days with my wife 
to give her time with me, right? Um, I'm not sure she wanted time with me, but I made her have time with me, so she, she stuck <laughs> with me. Um, and and I, my son graduated from DU, and so I got to spend some time with my kids. And uh, But I got to tell you, I've, I've never, and, and where I was, I, I had a chance to talk to the people that lived in that area. And they said the education system here is so broken that they just, people just have given up. They've given up. The, the, the school boards meet, and they talk about something, and people are like, whatever. Even the parents are like, whatever. They, they, have to, they have to tell their kids in the morning before they go to school, listen, please don't listen to any of this stuff. And then when the kids get to school, th th one, of the, one of the students, who, who's a 16-year-old, said, yeah, when I go to school, they tell me not to listen to my parents. And I go, is that something that happens in every grade? They said, yeah. And the parents know what the problem is. They, they talk about it being the unions that are, that are out there and the effect that they have on, on our society and the fact that they have this death grip on how to destroy the average everyday family. But we are, we are stuck in this place until we decide as people that we're willing to do something about it. So we have to have a plan, Ivan. We have to have a plan. And we, we have to go city to city. And we've got to be, be the Paul Revere's. And we've got to show people that this plan is bold. It's not illegal. It's nonviolent. And it must, be, it must be pushed to put us, the people, in a position where we are in the gap. That we are standing in the gap. And President Trump said it in his inauguration. He said it in 2017. He said it. He said those words. This is not a transition of power. This is a transition of power back to the people. And we didn't realize how significant that was until we saw that get right, ripped on, away from on. us in 2020. Since, since we're going to about wrap it up, I'm going to give you a hint. Oh, we're not wrapping it up yet. No, no, no. You, you're, 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 well, you're on here. With, with that said, let me, let me give you a hint. And I'm going to start kind of moving. Just moving targets a little more difficult. To, uh, yeah, I told you. You'd be in the trees. Yeah. Well. All right. So watch this. You're referring to... Oh, I don't know, January 20th of 2017? Is that what yes. you're saying? Yep. Over in that area back there? Yeah. I think? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Exactly. Hey, I, so I hit that going. nail on the head, by the way. Did I not? I hit the nail on the head of where you were. Got to be in the you know, belly of the beast. Yeah. <laughs> See how many haters come out that are watching live. This is live, right? This is live. All right. This is live. So, so hold on a second. You're in the belly of the beast where the Secret Service, uh, the CIA, the FBI, and pretty much all the bad people that exist out there are all around you. I wouldn't say all of them are bad. I mean, it's just misguided based on the media. I mean, they're just like normal, everyday citizens that are manipulated by the mainstream media. And it's our, our job and role to expose those lies so that we can get our institutions back into like back into some semblance of normalcy. That's the way I look at it. I mean, well, they're just kind of like cooperating and graduating. Take leaders to kind of break through the, the, the psychosis. Um, I want to give a shout out to one of our other sponsors too. That's Axos Bank. Um, I'm excited to have found this bank and I've done a lot of research on this bank and um, I'm supposed to have another conversation with them tomorrow because I'm, I'm really interested in how they 
uh, are going to protect people. I'm really interested in protecting people and their ability to protect their money. I'm not sure that the banking system related to the bigger banks would ever do that. It's one of the reasons why I've never been a part of any big banks. I, I gave that up nearly 20 years ago. Um, but I found this bank, Access Bank. They opened on Independence Day 2000. They're not a crumbling brick and mortar. They're a fully digital bank built on the bedrock of American tradition. Let's take a look at the reward checking account where you can earn the highest interest rate, and it's a big one. Listeners can also get a, a $150 bonus if you open one by July 31st. Big rewards from a bank that believes in freedom to do business without compromising our values. Uh, if you go to accessbank.com daily for full details, that's A-X-O-S bank.com slash daily. And for that cash bonus, all you need is a $1,500 direct deposit within the first three months of opening your reward checking account. Uh, so Access Bank is federally insured. Remember FDIC in there for us, all of us, accessbank.com slash daily. Go check them out. Well, he, here's here's the thing that I here, here's one of the things that I want to I, I want to talk through. If we if we if we execute on a plan and tens of millions of Americans stand up, what choice will they have as the lesser magistrates but to stand up and hear the voice of the people? I mean, think about that. If we're in every state and every city and we say, look, we're going to all stand up as one. There are no leaders. We are all leaders. We are, we are, all, the one, we are all the people. And, and you know, uh, Steve Bannon talked about this two years ago. Everybody needs to get out of their comfort zones. Like, it doesn't have to be a massive shift from your comfort zone. It's like slight. When you have 10 million people slightly changing their First Amendment activity into unison, it immediately changes the, the dynamic. Simple. But everyone's scared to get canceled. Guess what? You're going to get canceled either way, so you might as well start stopping it now. So so what, you're, you're there right now <laughs> doing what exactly? Can we ask that question? Well, I came out here specifically. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know me. I'm always, I always have a second and third layer of why I'm somewhere. So I would like to go up and talk about January 5th. And I'm a block away of where I, I need to be in order to talk through that, if you want me to talk through that. Yeah. Are you going to the square? Freedom Plaza? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I spoke so at Freedom Plaza recap. that night. You were there? January 5th, I spoke at Freedom Plaza. I had All right, let's my talk diagram. this. Everybody listening to this podcast, Joel, and that was in D.C. on January 5th, you need to start thinking through and looking through all your content, audio, video, pictures, everything, looking at your notes and remembering. Here's why. I might be able to get out of this area. Okay, so on January 5th, as 147 House members and growing by the minute, we're going to publicly object to the six slate, or at least two of the state electors, Arizona and Pennsylvania, as well as 12 U.S. Senator, senators and growing by the minute, we're also going to publicly object. Right? That was in the morning of the 5th. Over there where you saw back in the air, back in the background, Nancy Pelosi saw that and was kind of scared, probably. In addition to that, you had Sidney Powell filing, well, it was the following day. We'll talk about the following day. But on the 5th, at the same time that Pelosi was meeting with Bowser, Mayor, Hey, Mr. Mayor Bowser, how are you? Where are you? The, uh, uh, they were refusing the ten to 20,000 National Guard troops that were being offered them to protect the Capitol. Guess what? Chief Sun, the U.S. Capitol Police Chief at the time, the 
before he was resigned by Pelosi, requested six on six occasions for that extra support because of threat traffic he was receiving. I can't wait for him to come out publicly and give the entire accounting what happened. I think he was not involved in this and was caught blindsided by the by the coup, as I'm going to lay out. So on January 5th, while that's going on, them refusing due to optic receiving those National Guard troops, you have, I have two witnesses that have reached out to me on Telegram. And they have said that over at the W Hotel, come on, I'm getting close to it, over at the W Hotel, and if you want to, hey, Joe, can you pull up a map of D.C. as I'm talking through this? Yeah, can you, can you, uh, you Mr. Producer, can you pull that up, pull up a map of bring D.C.? Bring up a, where Freedom yeah, Plaza a map of Freedom Plaza, and I'll, we'll kind of do it simultaneously, and this is why I'm here. If my battery stops, I'm going to log back in on my iPad, so I have a backup. FY. So, over at Freedom, excuse me, over at the W Hotel lobby at noon, supposedly we have a meeting between John Sullivan, Antifa BLM, and uh, John Sullivan, who I coined as the interbreed team leader, was meeting with a guy by the name of Michael Mikhail Voss, which yep. happens to be Nancy Pelosi's son-in-law, right? Oh, yep. perfect, perfect. There you go. So, look at the W Hotel. Look at where it is in relationship to Freedom Plaza. Pretty close, right? Yeah. Close. Yeah. Anyhow, so that's in the noon time frame. The meeting going on between Pelosi, Bowser, right? And then at the same time, and I think with the Office of Secretary Defense. So Cash Patel may shed a little bit more insight, but he's re he's revealed some of it over the last couple of weeks. Okay. So then we yep. have uh, what is it? We have this, uh, those two meeting at noon. Well, let's fast forward. I'm guessing that throughout that day, as they're seeing that more and more are signing on to object to the electors of uh, the six illegally certified states, right? They're going ahead and, and wanting to come up with a plan. So I'm guessing that Miss Nancy Pelosi is talking with her sergeant at arms, Paul Irving, who yeah. happened to have been the sergeant-at-arms for Paul Ryan before her and John Boehner before him. All of them vehement, vocal anti-Trumpers. So then, guess what? I think we, I don't know if we talked about this, but when you commit a transgression on the Capitol Hill, if you take a look in, on the map on Go Capitol Hill, here's what's, what people need to understand. This is how this was brilliant. The coup was conducted in a brilliant fashion because Article One institution of government is separate from an Article Two institution of government, meaning the legislature, the federal legislative branch, and the federal executive. So when a crime or whatever transgression is committed on the Capitol complex, the law enforcement arm that would be doing an investigation and conducting a criminal referral and handing it over would have to come from the sergeant at arms. But if you were complicit in the coup, I don't know, maybe Ray Epps, maybe John Sullivan, maybe the other people that were pulled off the FBI's most wanted list. If you were those people, well, the sergeant at arms is not going to criminally prosecute you. Well, they're not even going to do a criminal referral. Put us over it, will you? 
over the D.C. mayor's office or the FBI. Because why would they? You just help conduct the coup. Those that weren't complicit in the coup, but were the props for the facilitated unlawful entry into the Capitol, you're going to sit in rotten jail, the J6 political prisoner. So outer breach. Okay, let's talk about J5 some more. Later that day, as this plan, I think, was being concocted, a couple things occurred. We saw Ray Epps over at Freedom. Wasn't it at the corner of Freedom Plaza that that video was taken, Joe? I think. Yes. When he was saying, tomorrow we're going to attack the Capitol. Yep. And then the guys around him were saying, fed, fed, fed. Yeah. Is that where it was? Yeah. It was right right at the edge. Right at the southeast corner, I think, right? Yep. And, and Mr. Producer, I don't know if yeah. you can t- put a circle around that Freedom Plaza in that area right there. Yeah, put a circle around. I guess I was farther than that. Yeah, I mean, look, you you were you were pretty good. You weren't a couple blocks away, by the way. You were you were longer than a couple blocks away. I, I want you to know, and you're on the wrong road. You're 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 actually not. You're not on Constitution Avenue, which you should be. <laughs> you should have taken Constitution. Yeah, up. whatever. My exercise. You can make fun of me all you want. <laughs> so, I grew up there, so I mean, yeah, I, I know that area pretty well. Know. You're Center a Pennsylvania right boy. Of, that's uh, that's BC, right? You know this oh, yeah. building. Yeah, that's where uh, that's where what's her name was uh, AOC was hiding, saying that she was in no, the so, Capitol. <laughs> no, no. So going back, so uh, on the fifth, so that's happening at noon. All these meetings, probably. I'm guessing this, this is my hunt. I guess my analysis. It's not factual yet. My analysis tells me that. Uh, Sergeant Arms Paul Irving was probably meeting with with Pelosi and her son-in-law to go ahead and coordinate that breach the following day, uh, and then Michael Voss was going to coordinate with John Sullivan for the inner inner breach, right? To then coordinate for that, you know, at the appropriate time to open up the doors into the Capitol, and then number six, or excuse me, and then uh, uh, what's his name? Ray Epps was probably guided along by. Paul Irving, the sergeant at arms, in order to conduct that outer breach, right? Again, if you go, if you start moving along to the Capitol, well, you're right. You're you're right next to. By the way, you're you're actually right next to the place where they have all the food trucks and the little stands, right? No, that that right there is Trump Hotel. uh, Was Trump Hotel? Oh, that was Trump Hotel. Oh, okay. I thought it was a congressional. Yeah, so I got to go one more block over here to Freedom Plaza to kind of tell you where it all happened. Not even a block. It's right here. Let me flip the camera. So I want to go exactly pretty much. Actually, can you bring up the video as I'm walking up to the site of where that Ray Epps video, let's kind of take a look and see. Mr. Producer, find that video. Telling everybody, tomorrow we're going to attack the Capitol. Tomorrow we're going to attack. I don't want to remember. I don't want to say this because I'm going to get arrested. And then he said the following, right? And they're going to take this out of context and obviously say that I said it. But anyway, it's, it's Ray Epps that said it. I'm quoting. And so it's over here at the corner of the Freedom Plaza. He says, it, and guess who's standing right next to him? This was, we need to get a timestamp on when that was. I think it was around 8 p.m. or so. And John Sullivan is actually with 
Ray Epps. Like, He's standing in the background. In the vicinity of yeah. as far away as my phone is from me, John Sullivan is also about that far, or maybe double that far, meaning within 10 feet of Ray Epps. Intriguing, to say the least. How about we get some cell phone ping data and then go ahead and subpoena all the interactions that were occurring between those two and everybody else I've mentioned so far. The sergeants at arms of the House Senate, the Speaker of the House, the Mayor, the Police Chief, Condi, the, uh, you get it, you get the picture. All right, so I'm here. I'm guessing that this was done right around here, but we'd have to take care of this here. Maybe on the edge of Freedom Plaza, I'll have to cross the street once it's uh, legal for me to cross, so I'm not jaywalking. Well, so right here, you across Plaza, the street. Right around here is where, on the other side of the street, is where, um, what's his name, Ray Epps made that call to action, call the arms to start recruiting folks to then push towards the Capitol. And my gut feeling guess, hypothesis, whatever you want to call it, is that this was an authorized plan coordinated that morning for him to start doing that uh, at the latest for people to start gathering uh, around the Capitol. And then his buddy, the scaffold commander, as reported by the, hold up, let me wait for this to go by so you can hear me. Let, let's play the video. Let's play the video while we wait for that, Ivan, to go by. We'll play the video. Tomorrow, we need to go into the Capitol. Into the Capitol. What? No! 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 Peacefully. Fed, 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 fed. Tomorrow, I don't even like to say it because I'll be arrested. Well, let's not say it. We need, we let's need to safe. go. I'll say it. All right. We need to go in. Shut the boomer. To the Capitol. Base Fed posting. Shut the. Oh, uh, you you caught that, huh? Into the Capitol. I didn't see that coming. Okay. Monument Hill. All right, no, Dave, but one more thing. Yeah, so can we go up there? No? When we go in, Are we going to get arrested if we go up there? Yeah. You don't need to get Should shot. Should arrest us all? Okay, pause, pause, pause. Well, there, there, there you have it. And by the way, yeah, do you think you that they've said... That. So, th th by the way, they haven't said one word. Where, they have not said one that? word. They have not said one word. About Ray Epps. Matter of fact, they said that he was there and he was just a protester. Yeah, and then Adam Kinzinger, remember, tweeted that, oh, uh, the, the illegal Mike Pence presidential campaign committee that I'm a part of, along with uh, the vice president pick uh, Liz Cheney, we've already interviewed Ray Epps. And he's already, you know, because he facilitated what Ivan says is the unlawful entry into the Capitol, well, we're going to let him scot free. That's basically what happened, in my opinion, all right? So let's go back to that video to figure out exactly where he made that statement. Turn around. I, I I'll actually, flip, flip the phone and I'll we, be able to tell you. In order to understand the 6th, we have to, in detail, understand what happened on the 5th. And we, didn't, we need to find out who. I think people are going to be uh, open to, to sharing that they were here on the 5th. Because nothing transpired on the 5th that people are going to get canceled for. So we need to get as much fidelity as possible on all the events of the 5th. And the key events are meeting between John Sullivan and Ray Epps, 
meeting potentially between Michael Voss and John Sullivan and Ray Epps, as well as the Speaker of the House and the, the Sergeant at Arms. The who communicated, coordinated, provided oversight and facilitated the, the mission for that guy to place the DNC and RNC pipe bombs. Right? All that stuff, our institutions are not looking into. We are left to look into that. We are the ones that have to look into that as the counter narrative of what actually occurred on the next day. Because I, I, I say this, Joe, had it not been, if I'm right on this, had it not been for that facilitated unlawful entry into the Capitol, the refusal of the National Guard troops, and then the opening of the doors, we would have maximum seen a handful of Antifa members being belligerent and then gone scot-free. That's it. That's the maximum uh, transgressions that would have occurred, in my opinion. But guess what? That activity, although it, you know, gut feeling tells you that's illegal. Isn't that criminal for the Sergeant at Arms to do that? That's it, Patriots, for part one of our interview with Ivan Raiklin. Tune into the next episode of Conservative Daily Podcast for part two. God bless you all.